0: Welcome to the Word on Worldviews podcast, a podcast where two friends discuss various worldviews and philosophies, both in our current times and throughout history from a biblical perspective. I'm Wernher Fischer, joined as always by my friend Kurt Norman. Kurt, how's your week been?
1: My week's been good so far, thank you. have just been working hard and uh, looking forward to going back to the pulpit this Sunday as my uh, guest has left for his uh, home church. Now, um, since we didn't meet for the past uh, two weeks, um, how has your week been? Your well, two weeks been.
0: <laughs> well, uh, yeah, the, my voice blew out and I was dealing with a little bit of sickness. And um, I'm, as you can hear, recovered. My voice is back in action. And <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm recovering and doing well. Uh, getting back into routine again and uh, just going on with the daily tasks and you know campus in the morning and taking care of my family during the day and the afternoons etc. So yeah, I'm doing well. Can't complain. Now. good <laughs> show. And so last episode we discussed uh, a very interesting topic, and I we just. Uh, Before we get into today's topic, i ask you to give us a quick um, recap of that episode.
1: Sure, here we go. So in the previous episode, I swear it's grape juice, the Christian and alcohol, we discussed alcohol from a biblical perspective and looked at the major positions taken by Christians on the matter. So if you're confused and you need some biblical wisdom on the matter, we encourage you then to listen to episode seven.
0: Right. And speaking of that, at the end of that episode, you mentioned that we are going to talk about church attendance today. You specifically referred to the Lone Ranger Christian and whether that is biblical. I think the topic of church attendance is very important and very relevant um, since we have now been through a pandemic and many people spent months without physically attending church.
1: That's right. And I can say that Many Christians have strange and unbiblical ideas about church attendance, and they have any and all number of excuses not to attend. So, yes, there are many lone rangers out there, and the truth is they're not doing well on their own. So in today's episode, we're going to discuss whether church attendance is still relevant or not, and who decides. Now, first of all, let's look at the word church. What does it mean? Mounts' complete expository dictionary of Old and New Testament words gives us the word ecclesia for church, meaning to call out. So the church is the called out ones of God. In its secular use, ecclesia refers to the gathering of the competent citizens of a city-state in order to decide issues regarding laws, office appointments and public policy. End quote.
0: Oh, that's interesting. I perused Wiktionary, which is the Wikipedia dictionary, I think, uh, for a quick overview of the etymology of the English word church, and I learned the following. Church, the word uh, from is from the Middle English from the Middle English. I think you pronounce it church which is spelled C-H-I-R-C-H-E, and Old English Kireke, uh, which is a C-I-R-I-C-E. And these words are derived from the Proto-West Germanic word Kireka, uh, which itself, again, we're going down a rabbit hole here, is a borrowing from a Greek word Kuriakon, and it means belonging to the Lord. Interestingly, this is why most West Germanic languages have such similar words for church. Example: kerk in Afrikaans and Dutch. Um, many of the Romance languages, though, clearly derived their words for church from the Greek word used in the Bible for that we use as as church. For example, in Spanish, it's Iglesia, and Église in French.
1: Oh, that's interesting! Thanks for sharing that. So. Uh, As we get into our our study of the church, what is the church then? Now, most will say it's the place where you get married, christened, baptized, and attend a funeral. Also attend Christmas and Easter. Now, While those things do take place at a local church, it is important to note that the church, according to the Bible, is the called out assembly of believers. And there are two aspects to it. So, first of all, we have the universal, spiritual, invisible gathering of believers in Christ, First uh, Corinthians 12, verse 13. And then there is the physical aspect of it. So, the local church, which is a representation of the invisible church.
0: So, Kurt, are you trying to tell me that church does not simply refer to the building?
1: <laughs> no, it, it, according to the Bible, it is much more than that. So going to the Bible, then, where is the church first mentioned in Scripture? Well, our Lord Jesus Christ gives his disciples a preview of the church in Matthew sixteen 18. I'm reading from the New King James Version, which says, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. But it would not be born, the church would not be born until after Christ's death, burial, resurrection, and ascension to the right hand of the Father.
0: Right, so that's the first mention of the church in the Bible, Kurt, and uh, I'm very sure that's not, as you've mentioned now, that's not the beginning of the church. And considering that point in Matthew's gospel, um, it's very clear because um, that the church couldn't have started yet because Jesus hadn't died or had been hadn't been raised yet even.
1: Correct. So when did the church begin? The answer to that is that the church began after the Lord Jesus' ascension in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit was poured out onto the apostles. Now, this is the day of Pentecost, and in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, the Bible says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So that's the beginning of the church. Now, what does the Bible say about the church? What is the purpose of the church? Now, we're not going to go through all the references for sake of time. We do encourage you, however, to go through them on your own as you listen to the the podcast. So ultimately, the purpose of the church is the glory of god the entire theme the theme of of scripture is the glory of god and this is shown the glory of god is shown through the functioning of the church filled with the word colossians 3 verse 16 through 17 and god the holy spirit Uh, ephesians 5 verses 80 verse 18 through chapter 6 verse 3 and another reference is ephesians 4 verses 11 through 16 Uh, giving the various uh, functions in the the church. Now, church is meant for worship. Part of it is meant for worship. And we don't just mean music and singing, that aspect of it. But actually, um, the teaching of God's word, for example, prayer, giving and fellowshipping with one another. Worship is quite a, a broad term. So in Ephesians 4 verse 11 we have teaching believers and in the following verse we have uh, the equipping of them for ministry and the edifying of believers in uh, and equipped for such things as evangelism chapter 4 verse 12 then in verses 13 through 16 it's for maturity and unity of believers. Uh, Next, and this should be quite obvious, it's fellowship. In the book of Hebrews, the author presents Christ as superior and as a part of uh, believers pressing toward maturity. Okay, so in this book, he exhorts his readers with the following, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 through 25, which says, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Continuing, we have the observance of the Lord's Supper, an ordinance that Jesus Christ left for us, and we can read that in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 34. Uh, The next ordinance that was left to us is... Baptism, which we find in Matthew 28 verses 18 through 20. Now that we've gone through that list, what does the Bible say about church attendance? Well, if we observe in the letters written to the church, we find that it is a group of believers who gather together. Now, there are no specific individuals that are addressed as lone rangers. But rather, we have individuals in the gatherings that are named. Now, my observation from all of this is that it is clearly a gathering of individual Christians in a group for the purpose of worship as a local church.
0: Yeah, the whole idea of being a lone ranger Christian or being a church on your own, quote unquote, is very contrary to the very concept of a called out assembly of believers.
1: Correct. We find believers meeting together throughout uh, the time of the church. So the question is, then, is church attendance still relevant? And who decides that? Now, many Christians think it to be unimportant, but will still keep their membership at their respective local church. I mean, after all, my kids have to go to Sunday school. And I need someone to bury me when I die, etc. <laughs> well, I'd like to say if that's your attitude toward church, it is way off from the Bible. And I would point you back to the Hebrews reference we looked at earlier. You are not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together. So, is the Lone Ranger Christian being biblical? No, he clearly is not.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, But this brings us to another interesting topic, though, and very relevant. The COVID-19 pandemic certainly affected church attendance, and for a while, churches were not allowed to gather by law even. Now, this has been controversial, and some churches refused to shut their doors. um, But fortunately, regardless of your position on this, etc., and we don't want to get into the weeds of the controversy, but we want to look at how it relates to church attendance, but we have fortunately had tools like online meetings that helped us through this pandemic. And what I'm concerned about, um, considering this, is that many people uh, may even now, I mean, it's pretty much over, the peak of the pandemic is over, still refuse to attend church and use COVID as an excuse to not attend.
1: I agree with you. This is a relevant topic i mean i know people who caught it and got pretty ill had to go to hospital so it is definitely a legitimate concern not minimizing it but it is on the other hand easily turned into an excuse now obviously the ill should be at home or in hospital if their condition is really serious but in the meantime for those who are healthy Uh, the necessary preventative measures could still be taken at the local churches when we were given the go-ahead to meet again, and services could continue in a uh, proper manner. Now, someone we know very well, the reformer Martin Luther, he lived during the bubonic plague, and he wrote this in a letter to another minister in another city. And I'm quoting this off a website called the Patriot Post from an article dated the 18th of March 2020, uh, 2020. And this is from Luther's letter. He says, I shall ask God mercifully to protect us. Then I shall fumigate, help purify the air, administer medicine and take it. I shall avoid places and persons where my presence is not needed in order not to become contaminated and thus perchance inflict and pollute others and so cause their death as a result of my negligence. If God should wish to take me, he will surely find me and I have done what he has expected of me. And so I am not responsible for either my own death or the death of others. If my neighbor needs me, however, I shall not avoid place or person, but will go freely as stated above. See, this is such a God-fearing faith, because it is neither brash nor foolhardy, and does not tempt God. So, just because we are Christians, it does not mean that we are immune to deadly diseases. I mean, we, like anyone else have to take precautions. So if it should mean not attending church for a time, then we would have to accept this as reality. Uh, And just imagine if it was a a plague worse than what we had, a pandemic worse than what we had here. Um, And thankfully, though, plagues do end and we can go back to normal. Eventually, I mean, God is still in control.
0: Yes, that just as you read that quote, it reminded me of Martin Luther. In his quote, mentions both the idea, well, the ideas of both God's sovereignty and man's responsibility come to the fore. He's willing to take responsibility and avoid contaminating others, and yet he says, if God should wish to take him, he will. So, I think that should remind us as believers that we shouldn't panic in times of pandemics and take and still take responsibility take those necessary precautions but not be totally struck by fear of this and and totally in a panic and not knowing what to do etc it it brings a balance and i think that's what we wanted to address in terms of covid is bring a balanced approach to this whole issue as it relates to church attendance now this brings us to our favorite segment um it's a cringeometer and since we are talking about, <laughs> since we are talking about church attendance, <laughs> excuse me, and considering that you are a full time minister, Kurt, how about some of the most cringeworthy excuses you've heard people use for not attending church?
1: Oh boy, where do I begin? Yeah, Here are some that I've heard. Well, the first one is, I don't go to church because all church people are hypocrites.
0: Wow, that's a broad brush. People who make these comments, I'm sure, often are hypocritical themselves. So oh, yeah. My, my response to someone who uses that line of reasoning would be, so you think you are somehow immune from hypocrisy? Mm-hmm. Calling a whole group of people hypocrites is painting with a very broad brush here, and totally uncalled for
1: it is now i actually heard this from someone a a woman of family of a church member Uh, she once visited and she said this to me Uh, she also told me that she attends a gathering at a, a coffee shop with other christians to pray over the community now, I didn't think about it then, but I, I might have said, oh, really? Who's your barista? I, I mean, pastor.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that may be appropriate.
1: <laughs> Next would be, I don't go to church because I had a bad experience.
0: Wow. Is this a restaurant review or something? <laughs> like, i I just tell someone to stop being a snowflake in this. Yeah. Like, Churches are full of surprise, surprise sinners, and letting some bad experience deter you from attending church is also like the previous comment in that it comes from a self-serving attitude. Church is about serving people and not being served. It's not like a restaurant where you get to complain about the service and refuse to go again because the food was cold. Church is not about being served, uh, but about serving and loving your fellow believers.
1: Amen. Preach it, brother. Next is I don't go to church because my church is in my heart. And this gave me inspiration for the mobile church of the Lone Ranger. (laughs) So I would ask this person, can you give me Bible for that? Well, probably not, because it isn't written. And often I find this is people just reasoning from their own thoughts, their own philosophies. Uh, There's no Bible for it. Sometimes not even twisted Bible (laughs) references.
0: Yeah, the cringe escalates.
1: (laughs) Another one would be, I don't like the music. It's too old-fashioned.
0: Oh, goodness. And it escalates again. How about reading the lyrics to those so-called worship songs you like and count... Yeah, and counting often it's just a bunch of meaningless repetition designed to manipulate your emotions instead of being biblical, edifying and God glorifying.
1: Yeah, after the 10,000th repetition, what <laughs> is my bidding my master? <laughs> well, I actually I remember someone telling me, a fellow Christian telling me that uh, he visited a church that is popular with young people in my area but it was on a morning with load shedding. Now for our non-South African listeners, that is the less offensive term for power cuts, which we have frequently in this country. It's a a means of sanctifying us Christians here. So um, my fellow Christian brother arrived and found only about 10 people there. Now he asked the young pastor, where is everybody? To which he replied, there's no music. So, those church members forsook their gathering at their local church because there was no lively praise and worship music for them. And really, the only reply I can give to this is pathetic, shameful, and sinful. You sing a cappella and you still fellowship together. Electricity or no electricity, music or no music.
0: Yeah, I agree. Again, it reminds me of what I mentioned earlier. about It's about serving others and fellowshipping with your fellow believers, as you've mentioned now. People have the wrong sense of what the point is of going to church, I guess.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, how about this one? And this was the first complaint I got as a new pastor of my current church.
0: So we're getting personal (laughs) here.
1: That sermon was too long. So the complaint, the pastor preaches too long.
0: Yeah, I've I think I've heard complaints along those lines as well. And I've recently seen a very apt comment regarding this on a Facebook page that mentioned people will complain that their favorite TV show's season has ended, but at the same time they will complain about the length of a sermon. And it's clear that priorities must be set in order here.
1: Oh absolutely. You know people will if they are interested in in something in a topic uh, and you ask them about it say it's their hobby or something and you ask them about it they will talk your ear off uh, they will talk to you for hours and hours and hours because they pay attention to their hobby or they pay attention to their favorite tv series or movie a series of movies you, you know so The preaching or teaching of God's word is obviously not as important as that. Now, uh, accompanying that um, first complaint I got was this. Now, I watch church on TV because Pastor Herpaderp, which is not his real name, only preaches 20 minutes.
0: Yeah, Pastor Herpederp probably can't exegete the back of a cereal box either. And that's why he's... Motivational speeches pretending to be sermons are only 20 minutes long. Oh,
1: my goodness. Well, uh, to uh, end off the cringy quotes here. um, Now, I'm not trying to be super oversensitive here, but let me say this. One of the worst things a fellow believer can say, and especially to a pastor, is... I have a lot of respect for people that don't go to church. Well, I'm a pastor, so okay, I guess I'll leave town to find a new job or just start waiting tables again. You know, it's like saying that what you do is not relevant and somehow it's not even something God called you to do. I mean, does God even consider it important?
0: Oh, that's uh, a very cynical I think a very cynical comment.
1: Yeah. Well, out of all of these, there is no way I can pick the cringiest quote from all of them. I don't know about you.
0: <laughs> no, definitely not. No,
1: because each one of them is on a level of cringe of their own, and they could uh, be united together. They, view, they have united together as Cringenstein's monster. Oh, look, he's approaching you, slowly, but still approaching.
0: I guess you'll hide from time's monster in this case in the church, right? <laughs>
1: yes, it's a perfect place to hide.
0: Uh, so before the cringe completely consumes us, let us conclude by emphasizing the importance of being part of a local body of believers. It yeah. is very important for your spiritual growth. Consider that all ministerial imperatives in the New Testament are in the context of the local church. You are not an island, dear Christian.
1: Amen. Preach, brother. So now that we've biblically refuted uh, the mobile church of the Lone Ranger and Lone Ranger Christianity, his theology, what is our topic for next time, Orne?
0: Well, in our hermeneutics series, we mentioned that we are dispensational in our theology. Now, yeah. I think an episode on dispensationalism would be quite interesting. Uh, maybe an episode or two. I don't know how extensively we can discuss this, but I, I'm sure we can. Especially considering all the misconceptions misconceptions people have about dispensationalism. Um,
1: oh, yeah, I'd love that. I mean, especially with myself coming from a MacArthurite seminary, the Master's Academy International, and, you know, whether that... Uh, Whether they teach true dispensational theology there or not, um, there is much to talk about on the subject. Yes, I agree. Um, A lot of
0: straw men, I think, arguments are used against dispensationalism often. And so to clarify things a bit would be, I think, very helpful, at least so that our audience, at the very least, our audience can understand the position we are coming
1: from yes let's do it looking forward to it
0: yeah that uh, this has been a great discussion thanks Kurt. um we've really those quotes have been very interesting and at the end there and the whole concept of church attendance is important for someone's spiritual growth that it cannot be
1: forgotten or uh,
0: really neglected
1: yeah amen well thanks for another great episode uh wish you all well and that you'll join us for the next one goodbye everybody
0: right goodbye and before i sign off i just want to mention again that our opening and closing music track is nowhere Left" by kevin McLeod. until next time enjoy your week